Hey there, friends. It's Nick. Okay, so we're just a few days from Christmas now. We're into this period where mimetic desire reaches a kind of a, a crescendo. And if you're not familiar with that theory, uh, it was coined by a guy called René Girard. Uh, it's a long time ago, over 50 years ago, I think. He began to see, he was an anthropologist, French anthropologist, and he began to understand, partly through a love affair, I think, with a woman he met, met at college, and how the, the, that love affair waxed and waned and they broke up and he, then he wanted her back when she got another boyfriend and all this kind of stuff. He began to come up with this, this idea that, that wanting, desire for things, whether we're a, you know, a two-year-old baby in a nursery or a 62-year-old man, you know, whatever, desire is often, most often is social. We want the things that other people want. You know, and he, in particular, I mean, he came to this idea when he realized that, that, uh, so he was with this girl, he was in love and then she suggested they get married and he backed away. He didn't want that. In fact, he broke it off with her and didn't want her again until she was going out with someone else. And he began to question the logic of that because he hadn't changed. She hadn't changed. What had changed was that someone else wanted her. And, you know, we can all go back to that. And if you've got, especially if you've got siblings, that moment where you want something just because they want it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, now, I mean, you know, in, in the grown up world, if you think about advertising, if you think about social media, mimetic desire is everywhere. You know, social media is. I'm not a big user, I'm not a huge fan, but it, you know, an awful lot of social media is about people putting forward their best face, their best life. We're on this holiday, we've got this thing. You know, it's all sort of stuff and advertising, of course. I mean, the whole point of the, of the, you know, the handsome man or the beautiful woman who is selling you something, they want it, they have it. So we want it, we want to have it. And I've been thinking about ways to subvert this. I mean, it, there's, there's plenty of stuff that I want in life. But one of the things that has happened as I get older, I think, is that, is that they're much more concentrated. And in fact, I mean, I'm lucky in some respect. I've built a, a good life. And most of what I want is to, is to keep that life going, is to keep that life safe. Because in the end, we all run out of safety, right? I mean, you know, in the end... There is always an end, but most of what I want is about um, keeping what, what we've made. But there are other ways to subvert mimetic desire. And one of the things that I think is really useful, and I've been doing this for a while, and I think it, maybe it comes from reading, reading so many books or something, but there's this idea that when we see people who have things that we want, we can want the thing. We can want the house or the car or the holiday or whatever it might be. But wanting the thing isn't that useful very often. What's more useful, I've found, is to, is to look at the person who has them. Because when we, when we want something that we, we don't have, one of the questions that we can ask ourselves that actually is useful is how do I become, how can I become the person who has that thing, who deserves that thing. Because in, in, in my world, at least, most people who have 
things that, that I desire have earned them. You know, they've, they've worked for them. They've, they've learned a craft. They've, they've made a difference in the world in some sense. And uh, it's, I think it's a really useful question to, if we want to kind of subvert that initial kind of, in, you know, that instinct is to look at the person and say, how did they earn it? Because, you know, I mean, I, it's easy to say, well, they're just lucky. And of course there is such a thing as luck in the world, but luck very often when you dig deeper into it, it turns up as hard work, doesn't it? I mean, you know that because you work hard, I'm presuming, and hard work brings about its own rewards. And a lot of other people call that luck. So that's one way of subverting mimetic desire. And the other way, of course, is you could go the kind of the philosophical route. I've talked a lot about stoicism on this podcast. But if you think about, if you think about that core of mimetic desire, it's that we, we just want what other people want and we allow other people to tell us what's valuable to us. And so you, if you look at someone like Socrates, obviously he wasn't a stoic, but a philosophical point of view, he'd said, he'd say something like to find yourself, you need to think for yourself. And very often when we think about, if we think about something deeply, do I really want that car? Do I really want that? Maybe, maybe you do want the holiday, but maybe it's actually, it's, if it's just the image on the beach, do you really want that for a couple of weeks or do you want something different? Think for yourself. And then from the stoic point of view, Epictetus said, and this is, this is obviously a, an idea that comes from, a, from many religious traditions. Epictetus says, freedom is secured not by fulfilling of desires, but by the removal of desires. Or the Buddhists, I guess, would say the removal of attachment. When we stop wanting things, if we can do that, then that is a way to, to real peace. Anyway, a little, a little side, side note there for Christmas week before I go out and buy a load of uh, Christmas presents. Thanks for listening. Remember that your story means business. And if you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do online, search for story.business. Bye now.